We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. And I would describe today's game against the Atlanta Hawks a 108-97 loss as something in between the six-game losing streak immediately following Cat's wrist injury and the one game they won against San Antonio when Cat was resting. Um, Before today, those were the Wolves' seven games without their best player. And I think today we learned that simply being better than they were in the seven-game losing streak isn't isn't going to be enough. Um, to even sniff winning half of these games, Cat is going to miss with COVID. You know, every game is going to have to be at that San Antonio level. And that level includes more than just D'Angelo Russell going off, as he did tonight. D'Lo had 31. Uh, he had seven assists. He shot six of 13 from deep. And five of nine from two. I mean, Dilo is clearly balling right now. But Malik Beasley and Anthony Edwards were the only other two Wolves to score in double figures today. Uh, Beasley had 15, but only on five of 17 shooting. He was one of seven from two. And Edwards had 12 on five of 16 shooting, three of 11 from two. And just as a below average defensive team, it's it's not going to work um, if only one player is playing an effective game at a high volume. Um, it's it's not pretty right now to think about what this team is going to look like when D'Lo has an off night. So tonight, on tonight's pod, that I am recording at night, even though it's a day game, uh, we're going to talk about what this team is lacking around D'Lo in terms of role players and, and why they're lacking that. Um, we'll talk about why Jarrett Culver is a natural place you know, to look for more in Cat's absence and why that just can't at all be relied upon right now. Uh, we'll also discuss the front court and how it feels like we, we had a new starting lineup in the front court tonight. Jared Vanderbilt and Nas Reed started. Uh, we'll we'll talk about how it feels like Jared Vanderbilt has sealed his case to be the guy at power forward going forward. 
Vando had uh, eight points and eight boards tonight, three of four shooting. We will also then get into the J-Max. Uh, both Jordan McLaughlin and Jaden McDaniels played minutes tonight in non-garbage time. They appear to be the Rubio and Wancho replacements while those two are out. But I think, uh, yeah, I think the place to start uh, is, I guess, searching for silver linings, and that's with, uh, that's with Jared Vanderbilt. And I know I'm kind of preaching to the choir here, but it just became, you know, abundantly clear that he's the guy at power forward for this team, you know guys out with COVID or not. It's it's not even really a statistical argument for Vanderbilt per se. You know, I mean what you know what you're gonna get from him. And that's that's valuable on this team given the other options. Like the, the volatility from Wancho and some of you know the other small ball guys they've tried at, at the four is just killer. You know when you when you have no idea what you're going to get in terms of confidence from a Wancho or a Jake Lehman or Jarrett Culver when they're playing the four, it's just dangerous. You know, particularly with Wancho and Culver, the risk is big because if they're not hitting shots, their confidence falls apart and it translates to the defensive end. Those dudes are already swimming upstream when it comes to competently defending fours. And, you know, when those guys break down, we're seeing time and again opponents attacking that position on the floor for the Wolves. We've seen it numerous times with Wancho, most recently against Memphis when Brandon Clark and the Grizzlies just attacked him with physicality on the interior. And then with Culver, a lot of teams just see him at the four as a mismatch. If it's a post-up guy at the four that the Wolves are playing against, like Washington when Culver was guarding Rui Hachimura, remember that? I mean, they were just running the offense through the post, through Hachimura. Or if it's a team like Atlanta tonight and their bigs you know, are pick-and-roll lob threats, it's just hunting time when you have Culver at the four. You know I mean? In the fourth quarter, if you watch the game, I mean, when Culver was at the four, Atlanta's offense was stupid. It was just it was just running around basically until they could lob the ball up over Culver to John Collins or Clint Capella. And you know, this is obviously concerning for these games, but you know, as we just think about going forward, it just almost makes them unplayable in those roles when the roster's healthy. But it's also reason, you know, for Saunders now to go full Vanderbilt. You, you, I mean, you're just not getting shit easy against Vanderbilt. He, he's not he's not a perfect player, but when you were playing against Jared Vanderbilt, he's hard to play against. There were, I mean, there were numerous times in the game when Trey Young would get a screen and Vanderbilt would come up on the switch, and you know, I mean, picks if that's Wancho, it's like okay, clear out, cook time. But but Trey was getting that switch on Vanderbilt, and he was passing out of it. You know, Trey just didn't see it as a mismatch, or at least not as much as a mismatch as the other options available on the floor. I'm not suggesting like Vanderbilt is some elite stopper of guards, but he's not, he's not a mismatch. And that, that is that line to draw on this Wolves team. You know, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a high bar. I, I really did like how Saunders used Vanderbilt in pick and roll coverage today. It was switching every ball screen. I mean, how many times have we seen that Vanderbilt played up at the level of the screen and a Kogi who was the one who was typically, you know, Trey's defender, he welcomed the switch. And again, I know tonight wasn't a good game. There are plenty of things to be down on and concerned about going forward. We'll hit on those. But I'm just saying, I think the Kogi-Vanderbilt defensive pairing was not one of those things. I think it's actually something to be excited about. I asked Saunders about that post game about Vanderbilt in that role and then also just the kind of unfortunate reality that Vanderbilt seems to be like the only, the only one of these guys who can kind of take on that role. Ryan, uh, you used uh, Vanderbilt a little bit differently defensively tonight is that kind of with that sort of versatility maybe a little bit more aggression how you how you plan on on using um your bigs I guess in Wancho and Cat's absence 
yeah. and then I guess what's just what's the difference when it's Vanderbilt out there versus one of maybe your small ball wings kind of sliding up there? Yeah, uh, to answer your first question, that was you know something that we wanted to do tonight, and we like how Vando moves his feet. And then when you talk about you know the difference between him and, and a small ball wing, uh, you know a lot of times it's, it's the length and the ability to cover ground too. You know if he does get beat, we feel he can move move his feet as a small defensively, but you know he also covers ground and um, can make plays at the rim too. And 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 he's he's naturally a better rebounder. Um, that's in his DNA. So. Um, that was one of the things we were able to do with him. I think this way the Wolves are using Vanderbilt is going to pay dividends. You know, given his skill set, I think that's the best way to attack a player like a Trey Young, who's going to right. He's he's the type of guy who's going to try and pull up out of pick and rolls. And if you have the big up there, it, you take that away to some extent. But I also think it's good for Josh Okogie because I think it gives Okogie some reps playing a different style of coverage. Right, like Okogie has played his whole career with the big dropping back and pick and roll coverage. I mean, this is new. And actually, it, it looked new to Okogi today. He got burned on it a couple times, right? Like when it's a switch, he's not used to that. He, he's used to needing to fight over the screen or through the screen, get back to the guy he's guarding. And in this coverage, you know, it's his job to, himself to drop back and get, get dropped down onto the big. Atlanta got a couple easy drop-ins against Okogi down there because he just wasn't you know, he wasn't used to it or wasn't ready for it. But I think in theory, this should work, right? Like, if there's belief that a Kogi is the type of wing who is strong enough to hold his own situationally against bigs, then this should work when it's just for a second or two fighting for position off of a screen. I mean, you know, again, grabbing, grabbing positives here, but I just think this Akogi vanderbilt pairing has, you know, I think it has potential to be the fun thing in these, these next two weeks, which, you know, who knows how they're going to go, but... I think this could legitimately be a weapon. I think it'll be an exciting way this team. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You can get some stops. It can lead out to runouts. And, you know, even if it's not Okogi and Vanderbilt out there in tandem, it's just more minutes that the Wolves are playing competent defenders. And I think that could go a long way. I want to go into uh, what the difference is, you know, more specifically about, you know, Vanderbilt and Nakogi in that role versus a Culver, just kind of in the scope of this Wolf scheme. But let's take a quick break first. What's up, everybody? I got something to tell you about. We love sports betting here at Blue Wire. And whether you've been betting for a while or you're thinking about just getting started, we want to let you know about 
a great resource for sports bettors, the Action Network. You've probably heard about it. The Action Network is where sports fans go to bet smarter and experience real financial gains with their bets. In fact, their Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting. I've used it. And with an Action Network Pro subscription, you can unlock the very best of the app. When you sign up for an Action Network Pro subscription, you can access the Pro Report, which includes expert projections for every game. You can see money and bet percentages in every game, so you can see the teams that professional bettors are betting on. You can take advantage of pro systems, which match winning historical betting trends with the latest games and lines. And you can track every bet you make and get alerts in real time. So if you're looking to bet smarter, an Action Network Pro subscription is the best way to get started. And for a limited time, our listeners can receive 50% off an annual pro subscription. Just go to actionnetwork.com now and receive 50% off an annual subscription when you use the code MORE, my last name. This offer won't last, so go to actionnetwork.com to sign up for a pro subscription and use promo code MORE, M-O-O-R-E, to receive 50% off and start betting smarter today. All right, well, we got to talk about Jared Vanderbilt here. Not Jared Vanderbilt, Jared Culver here, my bad. My main assertion with Culver is, is just that the minutes he's getting as a small ball four just don't work. You know, the, the main thing you're hoping for, right, when you're when you're sliding your guy up is, is that if it's a wing play in the four, you're going to be getting additional speed and additional floor spacing. That's what it is in theory. And well, I don't know if Culver really does either of those things for this team right now. He, he doesn't really get the ball out in transition or do much with it when he does. According to Synergy, I looked it up. He's, he's averaging a point per possession in transition, which should be a really profitable time. I mean, that's 28th percentile in the league. Like he's just, he doesn't do a ton with it in, in transition. And then as a floor spacer, I mean, Culver's just not, he's not really a floor spacer at all, right? Like Culver kind of plays just like a forward who can't really do much offensively other than cut or get tip dunks, which weirdly enough, that's just a traditional four on offense. I mean, Culver's only made one three in the past six games. He's not even taking them. He's two of 18 from three since the win against the against Utah in the second game of the season. So would that be 10 games? I mean, yeah, he's not even not even shooting two threes a game on average. And then to make matters worse, he's, he's not getting to the free throw line. I mean, he gets to the free throw and he's, he's missing there again. Culver's shooting 43% from the line since that Utah game. I mean, those, those are the same bad free throw numbers as it was last year. It's the same. I, I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is whatever strides – we were excited about with Culver taking in the preseason, and they were real encouraging strides, it seemed. I mean, those just appear to have been erased. Culver appears to have completely regressed back to the player he was last season. And that's just killer. And, you know, as I'm sitting there watching today, you know, play against DeAndre Hunter, same class as Culver, you know, I can't think about how much of a misfire that Culver at sixth overall in the 2019 draft is looking like as of right now. I mean, Cam Reddish didn't play. That's probably a better example. Cam Reddish didn't play today. He's also on Atlanta, and he was also the 10th pick in that 2019 draft. But I have, I, you know, leading up to this, I've watched a handful of Atlanta's games, and Reddish looks like he's going to be a dude. Like, he's still very much in the development stage, you know, which is understandable for him, just like it's understandable for Culver to be in the development stage. But the development for a guy in Reddish who went four picks after Culver has been far more enjoyable to watch. It looks like he's building towards something. 
unlike Culver, you know, you watch Reddish play and it looks like his confidence is growing. I mean, numbers wise, it's not like Reddish is totally popping. He's averaging 12 and five per game this season, but he is shooting more threes than he did a year ago, unlike Culver. And he's making 33% of them. You know, it's not no great shakes, but he looks like he's moving in the right direction. You can see a path for Cam Reddish becoming an offensive weapon at all three levels as he continues to grow. And I just watched Jared Culver play, and I go, what does this even look like if it comes together? I didn't even have a great idea of, like, what that was when it seemed to be nice in the preseason, those first couple of games. It's like, okay, you're uh, maybe a 3 and D guy, like you're, you're locking up on the wing and, and you're shooting threes. I, I guess that's, you know, that's, that's nice, but it's certainly not the ceiling. The ceiling of that is certainly lower than what Cam Reddish is suggesting. I mean, on the year, Culver's averaging seven points and six boards per game, and he's playing a lot. He's shooting 53% from two, 23% from three. I mean, if we want to make, make matters worse, I mean, look at what DeAndre Hunter did tonight. Again, Hunter wasn't there at six. I'm not even saying it like that, but I'm comparing 2019 picks. DeAndre Hunter had 25 today, again, starting for the Hawks. He was three of six from three, five of nine from two. And he plays really solid defense. He had three steals today. Again, Hunter went two picks before Culver. But he's averaging 16 per game. He's grabbing six boards per game. He's shooting five threes per game, making 40% of them. I mean, he's really good, and he looks comfortable. You watch DeAndre Hunter play, and he looks like a vet. You just, I don't know. You, you just can't say that about Jared Culver right now. Just the, the 2019 draft is, is aging poorly for the Wolves. I mean, let's run through it. Zion, Williamson, first overall. John Morant, R.J. Barrett, two. DeAndre Hunter went, went four. Darius Garland, five. Culver went sixth. Kobe White, Jackson Hayes, Rui Hachimura, Cam Reddish at 10, Cam Johnson, where the Wolves were at 11 before they traded Saric and the 11 pick to move up to 6th. Then you have P.J. Washington at 12, Tyler Hero at 13, Romeo Langford at 14. That's the lottery. You know, how many of those guys are you taking over Culver in a redraft right now? I mean, I, know, I can't say I've watched enough of Jackson Hayes, who went 8, to know maybe him I, I don't know Romeo Langford I don't think he really plays for the Celtics he went 14 so maybe him too I, I don't know I mean he's hasn't played better than most of these lottery guys and then you get out of the lottery and it's even worse I mean Brandon Clark went 21 Darius Baisley went 23 how nice would those guys look on this Wolves team at power forward Keldon Johnson went 29 Kevin Porter Jr. went 30th. I, I guess he's lost his mind in Cleveland or something, but I liked him last year. Cody Martin, he went 36th. He starts for the kind of good Charlotte Hornets. Eric Paschal went 41st. He looks like an NBA player. Bull Bull went 44th. He doesn't look like an NBA player, but I think I'd still probably rather have him. Talon Horton, Hunt, Talon Horton Tucker went 46th. He gets real minutes for the Lakers, the best team in the NBA. I mean, I know we could do this revisionist history thing on every draft, and I'll leave – I'll leave that for Bill Simmons, but I'm just saying this isn't going well for Culver and it's a pretty critical blow right now in the, where the Wolves are at. I mean, I, I was willing to admit I was wrong about Culver when he started rolling earlier this year. And I, those of you who've been listening all year, I, I praised him up and down the preseason and those first couple of games as you know, a guy really looking like he took a step and was moving in the right direction. But I, I just, I can't say I can sit here right now and say, Jared Culver's a guy who I see having an upward trajectory that's high at all. And, I mean, watch his teammates. Watch his teammates' eyes when they're playing with Jared Culver and when Culver's open on the perimeter. 
They're not exactly feeding him, you know, particularly Culver's point guard. This is concerning. I mean, for, for me, the, the, the 2019 class, like, give me Nas Reed over Jared Culver. Nas has shown stretches. It's reasonable to expect now, what are we at, like 80-some games into these guys' career? I know they're young. I know it's kind of early still, but where are the stretches beyond two or three games? I'm, I'm taking Nas. I'm betting on that. Moving on uh, to the J-Max, um, and moving on to the more recent draft, you know, two of the Wolves' three first-round picks this past season, uh, they played real minutes tonight. Anthony Edwards played 30 off the bench, and Jaden McDaniels played 13 off the bench. Those were um, McDaniels' first non-garbage time minutes of the season. He checked in for the first time midway through the first quarter. He was really in the rotation. For me, this was a pretty big surprise. Um, you know, the Wolves <laughs> trying to win right now, like – more so see McDaniels as a development piece. And I mean, but how it worked out is, you know, Vanderbilt took Wancho's normal minutes and then McDaniels took Vanderbilt's chunk of minutes. I'm, I'm interested to see in the next game um, if McDaniels keeps those minutes or if Jake Lehman gets them going forward. I would assume it's going to be Lehman. Um, he's obviously kind of been gone for the past week. He was at the game today, but he's been gone the past week. Uh, his His wife just gave birth, so... So that's why he's been out, but I don't know. I mean, it's I would not have guessed that we would be 12 games into the season and that Jaden McDaniels would be in the rotation, but he is. <laughs> and the other J-Mac played too. Uh, Saunders basically slotted Jordan McLaughlin in Ricky Rubio's role. McLaughlin mostly played in the second unit with, you know, like Culver and Edwards and Vanderbilt and Beasley kind of overlapped there too a little bit. Um McLaughlin and Russell only overlapped for three minutes. The Wolves kind of got rolled in that stretch. The, with uh, McLaughlin and D'Lo out there together, they were outscored by seven in that run. Um, but, I, you know, I, I think McLaughlin continues to look like a competent backup point guard. I think he's going to be pretty important during this time Ricky's out, which, you know, we'll see how long that is. Um, but this second unit, with Ricky or with J-Mac, you know, they need a stabilizing presence. And I'm not, I'm not saying McLaughlin is better than Rubio. But I do almost feel like, kind of with this like ragtag second group, I almost feel that McLaughlin is a better fit. You know, jokes aside, you know, about Ricky playing with a bunch of crappy players in his first stint in Minnesota, I mean, Rubio is the type of point guard that is more used to working with starting caliber players. McLaughlin's not. I mean, he comes from the mud. Like, he's used to playing with guys like this. He played two years in the G League surrounded by good G League players. And that's unfortunately a pretty good facsimile for what he's going to be playing with in this Wolves second unit. I mean, he literally played a bunch with Nas Reed, Jared Vanderbilt and Jalen Noel in Iowa last year. You know, one thing that I, I think would be very good for this Wolves second unit in caps absence would be for that second group to kind of catch a rhythm, like have a game where they're the reason they come back one time. Like if the Wolves do have any hopes of, of being halfway decent, halfway competitive, you know, when, when Cat is back, like that second unit needs to stop getting wrecked when Cat's off the floor. It's been their Achilles heel in, uh, you know, the few games they've been in this year. And, the, you know, in the fourth quarters, we've seen them kind of fall apart. We saw that again tonight, you know. It's it's an area they need to address, and, and you know, hopefully Jordan McLaughlin can do that. Um, and tonight's postgame wasn't exactly, you know, we didn't have any Cat or D'Lo. It wasn't exactly a raucous post-game press conference, but I uh, I normally throw in two clips during these post-game shows, so 
we're just going to pop in some random Anthony Edwards commentary here because you know, he's just he's just always kind of fun. Here's Ant. Ant, just um, how did it feel out there for you? You've got, you, the last couple of games, it, it had been harder for you to knock down some shots. You got a little bit of that going today. Um, how, did you feel you made a little progress um, it, t- today in that term? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm getting I'm getting back to myself uh, after the game today. Yeah, I feel I feel pretty good. Yeah. Were you, Were you feeling just prior to this? Were you just feeling a little bit in a funk, or how would you describe how you were feeling out there when it wasn't going so well? Uh, I mean, you know, uh, I feel like every time I go to the rim, I get fouled. So therefore, I could get it going like through the free throw line, but I don't get any uh, foul calls. But um, as far as like knocking down jump shots, it's gonna come. Like, you know, I never really press about stuff like that. Like today I was knocking, knocking something down. So I don't really press about, oh, I'm missing today. I'm missing tomorrow. I just, you know, focus on the game. And if I'm making, I'm making. If I'm not, then let's just hope we win. Man, he's just so honest. And honestly, until until Ant said that, I his lack of getting the free throw line had kind of been a blind spot for me. It, I, looking it up now post game, he um, Edwards has only taken 21 free throws this season through 12 games. I mean. That is crazy low. He shot 16 shots tonight and got at zero free throws. I mean, that would be a pretty obvious spot for Edwards to boost a little bit of the efficiency, right? Production in his, that his game's lacking. Tonight, I mean, Edwards went 5 of 16 from the field. Again, I said before, 3 of 11 from 2, 2 of 5 from 3. For the season now, that means Edwards is only shooting 44% from 2, 28% from 3. That's just, I mean, that's just pretty ineffective, you know, particularly when you consider that you know some of those numbers are kind of juiced by garbage time it's Edwards Edwards has to be more efficient you know to deserve a bigger role and I I do for now think this is what a bigger role is going to look like for Edwards you know like probably a lot of shots that don't have a lot of oomph behind them you know that at the same time though it's this weird balance where that bigger role even if it's just like once in six games like that bigger role will trigger a night he goes off and that might pay big dividends going forward, right? It might get him going. But he's just kind of a gamble right now. And I'd imagine that's what Saunders is deliberating deliberating over when he thinks about, like, how are we going to use Ant tonight? You, you know, like, how much do you need to pay in terms of inefficiency to get that one sort of game-saving performance that Edwards is capable of? Like, I think that's the question. You know, of course, if there are 50-plus games into the season, you take that gamble, take that gamble every night in the name of development. 12 games into the season for, for now the goal is to win games and I, i'm sure some of you are listening and are saying well they're losing games anyways might as well throw them out there and what i mean that's i can't, can't really really combat that but I, i'm actually encouraged for now or i'm behind the idea of playing to win at this time you know even if that means a little bit smaller of a role for edwards like i personally i'm, I'm cool with him coming off the bench and because this this role isn't that small, like Edwards was third on the team tonight in minutes, third in shots, third in points, only behind D'Lo and Beasley in all three categories. Like that's a sixth man. I, I I think I think that's his role. You know, let's see. No cat, no Wancho, no Ricky. Like get a little bit more oomph behind that next game and and see if he see if he can give you a, a game winning performance. That's all I got for tonight. Uh, games will be coming on fast. Magic on Wednesday, Hawks again on Friday, Pelicans on Saturday, and then Warriors next Monday. I was just going through it. The Wolves don't don't have two days off between games until February twenty seventh. Wow. I mean, if they wanna 
they want to remotely stay in this conversation for that play intensity, it's got to happen in this stretch. I mean, it's not going to be easy, clearly. But it's the, you know, it's the, the that rest stuff and the, the impact of COVID. It's the same for everyone. So we will see. I'll be back after the Orlando game on Wednesday night. Until then, I'm Dane. Thanks for listening. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stop, yeah. Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you dancing like nobody else Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.